So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's gonna be about emails, you know. Since emails are one of the things that probably everybody has to write, or at least a lot of people, I thought like, well, yeah, you know, it might be a pretty great article to go through and to share. I see you after the intro, you know, like, always. And I do hope, by the way, you know, that I'm not having any issues here in the video, on the video, but yeah, before I actually start, you know, this episode is also available as a podcast, which means that it is the audio only version, which means that you can listen to it, which means that you can do something besides listening to it, which means that it is a way, way, way more efficient way to, than to just watching this video. So please go down in the description. If you're interested in the podcast, you know, you can listen on it on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, tune in quite actually everywhere, you know, everywhere but SoundCloud, I guess, you know, some some podcasts are actually on SoundCloud, but mine is not on SoundCloud, you know, I don't know why, there might be some reason, or I couldn't just do it, could also be the king, the the thing, right, but yeah, so go down in the description, there should be the link, if you're on a podcast, you know, and you want to really watch the YouTube video, the YouTube link should also be down in the description to my channel, and this is probably a pretty new episode and or the episode is probably just exactly exactly the same title or has exactly the same title as also the podcast therefore search for it and you're gonna find it really really quickly but 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 um as i've already told you we're going through an ideas.tet.com article called yes there is a right way to write an email and here are some simple rules because i thought like well you know it might be a really interesting one for quite a lot of people, you know, it might really be a invaluable one and I'm going to make it fun, I at least hope, for you and also for me. So yeah, um, I think I'm gonna just read and then we will see what uh, it is all about and then we will see what we can take from it and then we can see if there is some good shit in it or not. So does sending and, and replying to emails take up an excessive amount of your time? Question mark. Reduce the burden by following these basic guidelines, says editor and writer Victoria Turk. So this post is part of TED's How to Be a Better Human series, each of which contains a piece of helpful advice from someone in the TED community. So browse through all posts here. And there is a link, you know. If you want to see more of the ideas.ted.com articles, then it is also going to be down in the description and also in the in the show notes if you are on the podcast, you know. You probably think that you are an expert emailer. No, uh, I don't think so, but uh, let's move on. You spend most of your workday composing, sending, receiving and replying to emails, says Victoria Turk, a senior editor at Wired UK in a TEDx Athens talk. You live in your inbox, however, if... If writing and replying take up too much of your time or you worry that your emails are disappearing into the end, into the other without getting an answer, then you are probably doing it wrong, she adds. Turk's email philosophy is aimed at reducing the overall burden of email on senders and recipients. 
She says, at its simplest, this can mean cutting down on the number of emails you send and sending them to fewer people. When you do send an email, you should make it as quick and easy as possible for the recipient to deal with. So here is her specific advice. Uh, just before we actually go through that, like, I think it really makes sense. It really does make sense that you kind of try to make it really easy for this person that actually is receiving your emails, so the recipient, and uh, it just makes sense, you know, and it's also a pretty karma-like thing, you know, it's, I think it's pretty good for your karma as well, you know, to just think about the people, think about the people that are actually receiving your shit, so that they actually can go through it, maybe even with joy, but I don't know, like, it still comes up to um, which person you're sending it to, you know, if it is, like, your boss or some some client that might not be just really funny or something, then I guess it is just not a good idea, you know, just don't put any jokes into it, but I don't know, I don't know, and I think you shouldn't also, you know, overdo it or something, you know, just keep it on a balanced level or something, but uh, the thing is, emails are truly very important, and something that I have also done with my email game is consciously writing some things into my emails, but I think I'm going to talk about it afterwards, so after I went through this article, and then I'm going to share this with you, because I think it could also be a pretty valuable thing for you. The greeting. Skip the formula formalities. Once upon a time, it may have been customary to, to treat email like a digital version of a snail mail letter. I kind of feel like it is still the fucking case. And to address your recipient with dear, says Turk, but nowadays most emails especially in a work context are more like post-it notes than a lengthy missive. <laughs> As a result, it is okay to open with hi and a first name. Her suggestion, save dear and using someone's title for more formal situations such as an official briefing or an invitation. One hi is enough. You don't need to keep saying hi every time you email someone on an ongoing thread, particularly if it is active, says Turk. If you're having a back and forth conversation, treat it as such. Something that really was, I don't really say bothering me, you know, but it was so interesting to me. Like, I am also or only writing emails when I'm just having to deal with my internships and or when I'm just attending an internship in, the, in my summer holidays, actually. Then I always, you know, have to email some companies and ask for an internship, obviously. And this is just the really only reason why I write emails in a just business standpoint of view. Um, most often the emails are just like, you know, to friends when I'm in school because we can't use our phones and whatever. But yeah, you know, it is just another topic. The thing is, uh, it is really interesting. You know, it is so fucking interesting that every time I'm writing an, e and I'm writing an email to somebody... It is really like the body, which is the next one. Stick to the point. When it comes to email, good. Edequer. I do not even know what it means. <laughs> or adequate. What it means is includes, no, protocol, polite, polite behavior, good manners, manners, acceptable behavior, accepted. Behavior, proper behavior, okay. I don't know, I'm sorry that I do not know the pronunciation. So when it comes to email good, then the word, is not about the fancy flourishes. It is about respecting other people's time. Time. 
says Turk. An overly long or detailed email benefits neither the sender nor the receiver. No, it really does not. You know, it is actually a burden for everybody. Like, you know, the receiver has to read it and you have to write it. So therefore it is, I don't know, a lose-lose situation. Merlin Mann, or Merlin Mann, the person who coined the term Inbox Zero, told Turk this invaluable advice. Invaluable advice, okay? Assume everyone you're communi communicating with is smarter than you and cares more than you and is busier than you. That means, according to Turk, no wafling, no, no jargon or jargon. I think it's actually jargon. No small talk. You don't have to ask after your recipient's health every time you email them. Just be sure to include all the facts needed so that the recipient can reply without asking or without having to ask you questions first. Yeah, you know, because it is really time-saving, you know. This person that you are sending the email to has everything the person needs. And this is amazing, you know, it just really makes sense if you're thinking about it. Of course, just, you know, asking how the person is feeling and how their family is doing, especially if you know this person personally, is good. You know, it is really good. But as they also say, you don't have to do that every single email or in every single email. So I really do understand this. You know, I really do understand that it just has to be efficient, I guess, time efficient, really time efficient, you know, because... I guess most often, you know, especially in your case, maybe, you might be writing emails not for just, I don't know, not to friends, you know, but it is something to do or has something to, to do with your business and or with the business you're working at. So therefore, it just really has to be efficient, you know, also for you. If you're having to actually write a 10,000 character email each time you're emailing somebody, it's going to take quite some time and it is really not efficient. Um, but don't be too conscious, conscious, concise. I think it's concise. Yeah, it's concise. Don't be too concise. There is a line where brevity crosses over into rudeness. Turk warns, think about it. How have you felt when you have gotten an email back from a colleague or manager with only a terse received agree? With a terse received, quote unquote, agree, okay, or just a question mark. As she puts it, these emails seem more like a power play. Someone who emails like this is, is trying to show you how busy and important they are. You know, even if it doesn't have to be actually consciously, I guess it could actually be the case that some people are doing it subconsciously, you know. Because, you know, in general, I really believe in the good in people, you know. I really don't believe that anybody has to show anybody that uh, they are just so busy and that they are so cool and they are just the boss of the whole fucking place. I don't think like this, you know, I really don't think that actually a lot of people have to do this. I do believe that some, some people might be doing this, you know, but not really a lot of people. Like, I think most often it's just subconscious and it is just like, okay, it is just way too, too, it is way too time consuming to actually write back way more than just a question mark. But yeah. And that is not very polite, of course it's not, and you should really not be doing this. And while we can't control what other people's actions are, if only we could, if only we could, we can take an extra few seconds to write in full sentences or tag, tag on a thank you or thanks for your help. Turk supports using emojis provided, it's not a formal context. 
there is basically a digital stand-in for facial expression. After all, and all these tools that we do have to, to make sure that we are not misunderstood, we should be making use of. Yeah, it really makes sense. Even though I really have to say, yeah, you know, the, the context of the email is just really, a really interesting one. Like, it is definitely not social media, besides LinkedIn, for example. Um, and it's definitely not just, I don't know, well, it also comes up to whom you're talking to. Like, it is a really complicated medium, I have to say. It's a really complicated context that you are in, you know, or that we are in when we're using emails or when we are writing emails. The sign-off. Keep your closing simple. Turk and Doris ending with best wishes, best and all the best. And only these three. Wait, what about your sincerely? Is it So, oh, I understand it. <laughs> so what about yours sincerely? Question mark. It is too formal, she says. Yours? Too intimate? Cheers? Okay for friends, but too casual for professional context. Kind regards? Just a bit pompous. Or pompose. Turk's least favorite way to end an email? Thanks in advance, she explains. It's incredibly presumptive. It's presumptive and you can't thank someone for doing something before they've agreed to do it. Yeah, it is basically kind of a way to, to just make them do it, isn't it? You know. So when you close your email with it, you're basically saying, hey, by the way, you have no choice whether to do this or not. Yeah, this is actually the case. <laughs> so keep your signature simple too. No colorful world art, no JPEG logos that are going to confuse everyone's antivirus, and no deep, meaningful quotes, says Turk. Just your name and, if necessary, your contact information. The finishing touches. Use your subject, oh. Use your subject line to tell the recipient what your email is going to say. Summarize your email in a few keywords. Don't write a full sentence because it will get chopped off says Turk. Don't try to be funny and also reserve the word urgent or urgent all in caps and with an exclamation mark for truly dire situations. And know the CC rule and abide on abide or abide by it. Abiding or I'm gonna just see how it is pronounced. Um, abiding, yeah. So abide. Abiding by this rule, contends Turk, will cut back on confusion and unnecessary replies. She says primary recipients of an email who are expected to respond should go in, in the to filed or field. She explains other recipients of an email who are not expected to respond and who are included as courtesy or for the information should go into the CC filed. Then move someone to BCC when their input is no longer needed. Try to send email during normal business hours. Yeah. Makes sense. Nobody wants to get a fucking email when it is just 9 fucking o'clock in the evening. So 9 p.m. actually. Turk says, we can't check email anywhere and anytime, but instead of feeling free, we feel trapped. We are expected to be always contactable, she adds. The only way to buck this trend is to start setting boundaries. Unless you are hard, unless you are a heart surgeon, you really don't need to be on call all the time. Avoid annoying or tempting people with pings, buses or notifications from your incoming emails. Added bonus, by taking an email recess, you'll be doing yourself a favor too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So um, maybe to, to summarize it a little bit. Um, let's actually 
Yeah, let's let's actually move from the finishing touches to the upper part, you know, just because I do remember everything quite well. Um, using the CC field is only for people that just needs to read the email, but they shouldn't really reply to it, and they are also not meant to reply to it. Then the signature should be simple, no fucking JPEGs or whatever there is. The closing should be just best wishes, best and all the best. Everything else is quite like not good, just not good. <laughs> then um, keep everything a little shorter in the body and don't be like just too choky. Don't, I don't know, don't write entire stories. Don't just write 10,000 characters every single email, it is not good for you and it is not good for the other person as well, you know, because it just is very time consuming to read and also to write. And uh, yeah, you know, in business contexts, it's just not good, you know, when uh, time is actually money, it is just really not a good thing and you should really kind of be, be conscious about it and also think about it consciously and try to consciously minimize the, the amount of words that you're using and all the amount of characters that you're using so that it is efficient for you and also for the other person. But something uh, to be said is also that it should not be too short because it then could be very unpolite, like just agree or okay or just a question mark, you know. And I, I by the way, I really believe that just a question mark is a really shitty fucking ass answer. You know, just please don't do it, you know. Unless, uh, yeah, I don't know. Unless, uh, unless it would just really be way too 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 time consuming, and you know the thing is, especially also if you're kind of writing an ex and, and question mark to somebody, they don't know what you haven't understood. It might be everything. It might be just one sentence. It might be something. Nobody knows but you, and so you should also communicate that. I think it's actually pretty important. And the greeting, you don't always have to greet when it is an for uh, or ongoing conversation. There just is no need for any formalities every time. I do have to say, even though she says that an hi is enough, it still comes up to whom you're talking to and what language is it. What, what language, language it is. I'm sorry. Um, because the thing is, in German... Everything is way more formal than it is in English, at least in my point of view, you know, because we do just have certain structures and whatsoever. So it really, at my point of view, also comes up to what language you're using. But yeah, um, so this is quite it. And, you know, just because we've done that always for the just past few few days and weeks, we're also going through another Quora question, but it should be a little bit of a shorter one, I guess, you know. Let's see, you know, let's just scroll and see. How do I teach myself graphic design? So you might know, or you might also not know, I'm a graphic designer, actually. You know, I'm, I'm designing, I'm attending a graphic design school, and I like it. I do like it. I like aesthetic things. I like designing things. But um, how do you learn it? You know, is there just a best way to learn it? I guess... The best way to, to actually learn it is by just doing it and, and reading a lot and just searching a lot, um, a lot on the internet and maybe even watch YouTube videos and take a course. You know, there's, there might be just uh, some free course on Coursera or any other given kind of course platform, you know, because who knows, there might be something. Um, so just try to do it. Just do something. Take courses, watch YouTube videos, read articles 
I think this is just the best way to learn graphic design, especially by just doing it. And maybe, well, I think actually uh, just making a design and then this, then posting it somewhere and asking for opinions and feedbacks and criticism. I guess this would also just be a pretty nice way to learn graphic design. But yeah, um, this is going to be the end of the episode, I guess, you know. I do hope that you have liked it, I really hope. And I really also hope that I'm that I was able to provide you with something that was really interesting. But yeah, um, I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and also success. And I also hope that you're going to remind us of how you're going to be remembered. Which basically means your legacy, you know, because we can totally shape it and we can totally stimulate it. You know, but the thing is, no matter how nice you are and no matter how generous and kind you are, there's still going to be someone that does not like you or even hates you. It, you know, the chance is there. It is probably also going to be the case no matter how nice you are. Unfortunately, like, I guess it is what it is, isn't it? But yeah, I, I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on um, and also think about three questions. The first one is, why are you here? Second one is, what are you trying to change? And the third and last one is, what is bothering you the most? And these are the three questions. And these might lead you to just figuring out your purpose and what you actually are meant to do in your life or with your life. But yeah, with that being said, I really hope that I've just that I was able to provide you with something of value. And if you've liked it, subscribe, you know, to the podcast and also to the YouTube video or YouTube channel actually. And yeah, give me a like if you've liked it, give me a dislike if you've disliked it, and also the exact same thing for the podcast, you know. I'll see you hopefully. I really do hope that I'm going to see you on the next video.